gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Happy holidays. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we're set to go against the spread on this, the final edition of Mark Lawrence against the spread for the 2016 football season. We say that with a tear in our eye as the final week of the NFL football season is upon us as well. College football bowl games knee deep into the bowl games. we got the major bowl games coming up this weekend. We'll break down one of those big football bowl games along with our NFL Game of the Week. We'll also hop out to Las Vegas, as we always do, and check with our good friend Andy Isco to find out the Vegas vibe and what's going on in Las Vegas. And we'll wrap it up with our awesome Angle of the Week and complimentary picks from myself and Victor King as well on this, the final show of the 2016 Mark Lawrence Against the Spread football season. And, Victor, with that, I'm going to welcome you aboard. How was your Christmas holiday this past Christmas season? Mark, thank you very much. The holiday was very, very nice, and particularly there on Christmas Eve night with our beautiful winner on, on Over the Total in the Hawaii Bowl. Of course, we were saying mele kalikimaka to all of our Hawaiian fans who were watching the show and following our over. That was fun. A happy New Year to you, to all of our listeners. And as you mentioned, we're knee-deep into the bowls. We're about halfway through the bowl season right now. So I think it would probably be a good idea to do a little bit of a bowl review as we're about halfway through. Yeah, it's been really uh, kind of a good bowl season if you're like us. You like underdogs, and uh, especially if you picked up a copy of the Playbook College Football Bowl Stat Report. My goodness. I mean, two years ago, the College Football Bowl Stat Report just literally lit it on fire. Had a terrific bowl season. I think uh, for then, there was 38 bowl games. I believe it was 28 and 9 overall on the sides. Well, in the college football bowl games, as we're speaking, we do the show on Wednesdays. And through Tuesday night's college football bowl matchup in the Cactus Bowl, College Bowl Stat Report is now 17 and 3 on the winning sides in the first 20 football bowl games. All I can say to that, Victor, is let's just keep it going, baby. Boy, that's really, really sweet. And basically, if you just take a look at Mark's projected margins, indeed, the bowl stat report has started off the season with 17 wins and three losses. From an overall perspective, through the first 20 bowl games, the dogs have been barking big time, 15 and 5, ATS for underdogs thus far in the bowls. In terms of over-under results, I did mention in last week's show that the first six bowl games all went under the total. A little bit of a surprise, especially for the sharp totals players out there who do know that the pre-New Year's bowls tend to go actually over at a pretty high percentage. So on the heels of that 0-6 over-under start, we do note that out of the last 14 bowls, there's been nine overs, five unders. So overall, we're at nine overs, 11 unders through 20 games of the bowls. Of course, dogs 15 and five as well. And we are getting ready to really, really 
ramp it up here. There are, of course, as you mentioned, we record the show on Wednesday morning. And in the next four days alone, there's going to be 16 bowl games. Yeah, we're going to be loaded with college football bowl games from now through New Year's Day, which will this year be in the college football bowl world, kicking off on January 2nd, concluding obviously the week thereafter with the college football playoff championship game. So plenty of big bowl games on tap. As I mentioned, we're going to tear down our big bowl game of the week this week. It'll happen to be in the Peach Bowl when Clemson takes on Ohio State. We're looking forward to tearing that particular football bowl game down. And it's quite a time also, Victor, in the world of the National Football League with this, the final week of the season, week 16 of the National Football League, the AFC playoff pairings. The teams are known. We know who the wild card and the playoff teams are going to be in the AFC side of things. It's open right now for the NFC. There's two teams that could still barge their way into the playoffs. That being Tampa Bay and Washington. We'll talk about them a little bit here when we break down our NFL game of the week. And I would say, Victor, that the big news in the world of the National Football League this week would have to be the firing of Rex Ryan by the Buffalo Bills. That comes on the heels of canning Gus Bradley with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm going to best guess, Victor, that these will not be the final firings that we'll see this football season. No, you're absolutely right about that. And it it probably might be a decent poll question for our listeners and our visitors at the playbook.com website. You know, since, uh, oh, geez, since the beginning of October, the two names who were mentioned the most about being on the hot seat are both gone. That was Gus Bradley of Jacksonville and, of course, Rex Ryan of the Buffalo Bills, who, along with his brother, of course, uh, was terminated this last Monday. So there's room on the hot seat for more NFL coaches. The the few that I might uh, throw out there myself would probably be uh, Mike McCoy of the San Diego Chargers. I know it was cold in Cleveland on Saturday and a 1 o'clock start for a West time zone team. The game was basically meaningless, but it still doesn't excuse losing to a winless Browns team that does not feature San Diego's talent. Uh, I know a lot of people in my survivor pool went down in that game. They had a play in the San Diego Chargers. I was fortunate to... I dodged that one thinking that Cleveland did have a good chance and I'm still alive in my pool. But McCoy, he would probably be somewhere around the top of the list. Todd Bowles of the Jets. I might throw his name out there. And I give him a tremendous amount of credit because he could have easily taken the weekend to recuperate from freaking kidney stones rather than trek up to New England for the whipping he surely knew was in store for his hapless team. Uh, John Fox is a candidate for the hot seat. The Bears have lost six out of seven. They weren't even competitive at home in that loss to Washington last week. Marvin Lewis of the Cincinnati Bengals, he's back in the hot seat, although from what I hear, he could actually be retiring. And another guy who was expected to be in the playoffs, who's had playoff experience, would be Chuck Pagano of the Indianapolis Colts, also on the hot seat. I agree with that list there, Victor. Those are five, I think, key leading candidates to be getting an X by the end of the NFL season here when the 2016 season comes to a conclusion. If I might throw one more name out there, it might be a coach I think has been bitterly disappointing since his hire, a big expensive hire. That would be Chip Kelly with the San Francisco 49ers. This program is really bottomed out and is going absolutely nowhere. He took over for Jim Tom Sula, and the program has actually gotten worse rather than better. And I think he's run out of excuses, has Chip Kelly. And uh, when we do pose this list up on the playbook.com website, we have a new weekly feature called Our Opinion Poll. 
and it's been uh, pretty well received by visitors to the playbook.com website. We will list the top five leading candidates that are on the coach's hot seat next to be fired. And we'll finalize it from these six names here. So log in at playbook.com. Check out the opinion poll to find out who we think are the top five candidates. And you can cast your vote for who you think will be the next coach to be fired in the NFL. And speaking about the NFL, Victor, you hit on Mike McCoy, San Diego Chargers. I would have to also nominate the Chargers as perhaps the most embarrassed team in the National Football League this week. We haven't heard from our good friend Steve Crabb from the Texas Tornado with regard to this nomination here this particular week. But uh, I would think just for the fact that they lost to the Cleveland Browns, the winless Cleveland Browns would make that team red-faced and embarrassed. You could probably also throw the Seattle Seahawks into the mix after losing as a walloping eight-point favorite at home to Arizona in disastrous fashion as well. But I think the most embarrassed team this week would be San Diego. They'll play with that little bit of an embarrassed chip on their shoulder this week, and I think you can look for a big effort by the Chargers this week. Would you agree in that assessment, Victor, or is there any other team that you think would be red-faced embarrassed this week? No, I would agree agree with that. And uh, if that is Steve's call for most embarrassed team, uh, you definitely have it there. You know, they're in un- uncharted territory. This is a team that has not endured this type of situation since our Cleveland Browns way back in the middle 90s, a team that basically knew that they were leaving the city they were playing in. And uh, in the Browns' case, they were black sheep in Cleveland. If I remember correctly, they were like one of the best teams in the NFL in the first half of that season with Belichick as their head coach. When the bomb was dropped by Art Modell, I believe they lost seven out of their last eight games. Yes, they did win their last game ever in Old Cleveland Stadium, but it was just devastating, and it's a very unique situation for a team to be playing in. You know what's unique also, Victor, is uh, there's a parallel, I think, in the Cleveland Browns game that we can draw to what we saw happened here. The coaches were elated. The fans, the owner were elated. They just uh, got that monkey off their back and they were just ecstatic. Everybody in Cleveland to win that football game and rightfully so. But boy, oh boy, it just brought back memories. You go back. Remember when Cam Cameron was the head coach down here in Miami in the 2007 football season and that team had started out, they looked like they were going to be also uh, in that 0-16 club joining the Detroit Lions before they finally rallied to win and beat the Baltimore Ravens. And you thought they'd won the Super Bowl in Miami <laughs> after <laughs> after winning that game. Uh, it was just a total elation on behalf of everybody connected with the Dolphins, the players, the fans, uh, the front office and everything. And, uh, you know, I think the, the lesson to be learned is what happened the game thereafter. Baltimore then went to New England, and they got beat by 21 points. and only outscored 28-7. to 7. They didn't show. They did cover the spread. They were 22-point dogs and somehow managed to hang within the spread. But it was a football game that uh, I think they could have cared less whether they played it, canceled or, or didn't play the game. And uh, we'll see what Cleveland does this particular week when they go into Pittsburgh. I know the Steelers are going to bench a lot of regulars this week because they will be playing next week in the playoffs in the wild card round. So you won't see Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Landry Jones will make the start for Pittsburgh. But you still think that with this number being pounded down from an opening of uh, 12.5 points down to 6.5 points, that there could be some value for the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially if the Cleveland Browns take the route the Miami Dolphins did and are a no-show after finally winning that first big football game last week. Being a Clevelander, it was nice to see the Browns avoid that infamy of not being an 0-16 football season team this year. 
You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our college football bowl game of the week of beauty, the Peach Bowl matchup between Clemson and Ohio State. We've got that and a whole lot more to come here on the final edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread for the 2016 football season. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game. Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at FireFan.com. Use the promo code FREEFIREFAN. It's fun, it's social, it's competitive, it's interactive, it's free, and it's going to change the way you approach game day at FireFan.com. Play by yourself, form a league, do live chats, and get in the game today at FireFan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code FREEFIREFAN. That code again is FREEFIREFAN. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code FREEFIREFAN now at FIREFAN.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread on this week's College Football Bowl Game of the Week matchup, a beauty when Clemson takes on Ohio State in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, one of the two college football playoff games kicking off this week. Victor, your take on the Buckeyes and the Tigers. Well, it should be fun. Of course, uh, they played each other very, very recently. Ohio State still hanging around, about a field goal favorite in the game. The over-under line is making a significant move, if you ask me. It opened at 61 and a half. Uh, for that game at Phoenix Stadium. And it's come down to the current number of 59. I'm even seeing a couple of 58 and a halves. The first thing I'm going to say in regards to the total in this game will will definitely reveal which way we're going. But in our playbook-sponsored Wise Guy contest, oh, there's about five of us that are within a couple of points of first place. And I did pull out my three-star game of the year in the contest this week and i put it in this game at under the total based on the line of 59 and a half of course in the wise guy contest mark we use the lines that are provided to us on mondays each week throughout the season at that time i did anticipate the line in the game going down so the line that i got at 59 and a half i think that's a great line And as you can see, it is starting to drift down. There are some 59s out there. There's a couple of 58 and a halves. So obviously you can see how strongly I feel about this game going under the total. Of course, we got Deshaun Watson with the Tigers. 
And Clemson has not been as effective running the ball this year as they were last year. They come in at 6-6-1 six, six and one over under, while the Ohio State Buckeyes are 6-6 six and six over under. Nothing very revealing there. Uh, Deshaun Watson has yet to break the 100-yard rushing mark. This is something he did four times last season, uh, definitely. And it's, I think, unlikely to change against a very, very staunch Buckeye run defense that surrenders an average of only 3.3 yards per carry. Now, of course, we know Deshaun Watson is capable of beating most defenses with his arm and, of course, the great weapons at his disposal. But he's thrown multiple interceptions in four games this year. He faces an outstanding Ohio State pass defense that has picked off 19 passes and the only thing that concerns me in regards to the over-under is the fact that the Buckeyes have returned seven interceptions for touchdowns this year. Those cheap points, those freak points, those points that we talked about midway through the season that Alabama is known for doing. An Alabama team that's had 11 special teams or defensive touchdowns on the season. So that's basically the only thing that's scaring me a little bit. But again, most of the sharp money is starting to come in on the under. I'm not surprised. I see the game being one of those in-the-trenches type games. Of course, based on the current point spread and the current over-under line, the predicted final score, according to the odds makers, is Ohio State 31, Clemson 28. Of course, we mentioned they played just two years ago in the Orange Bowl. Both teams in that game, Ohio State was a similar favorite, two and a half points. The over-under line in that game was 72. That's about 13 or 14 points higher than this year's game's line. Clemson won 40 to 35. They pulled out the outright upset. The game went over the total by three points. Mark, I'm seeing a different outcome. I am going under. As I told you, we used it in the Wise Guy contest. One of those 27 to 24 type games. But I also think there's value on what we've talked about over the last month of the season, playing another one of those patented underdog and under teasers so in the uh, fiesta bowl we're going to be using a underdog and under teaser and going under the total with the buckeyes and clemson victor a matchup of two top 10 ranked defenses goes under the total in the clemson ohio state big peach bowl matchup as he stays under the total with a play on the game and also a key play for him in the wise guys contest taking a look at this matchup here these two teams are familiar with one another here and, in fact, uh, you can go back and you take a look here. Clemson uh, did knock off this Ohio State football team in a bowl game. Uh, so there is some familiarity between these two teams. You go back to the Orange Bowl in the 2012 football season. Clemson did beat the Buckeyes 40-35 to as two-point dogs in that contest here. Quarterback Deshaun Watson is the only college football quarterback to take his team to back-to-back playoff games. He'll do that this year. Watson, 30-3, and straight up as a starter for the Clemson Tigers here. He's had a, a really a heralded football career, and I think he should have won the Heisman Trophy this particular season, but that's another topic for another subject altogether. Clemson comes into this football game having been dominant on the football field as well. You take a look inside the college football bowl stat report you'll see that in their 11 games against other bowl teams this year Clemson outstatted 10 of those teams by an average of 160 yards a game on the football playing field 
The last five times Clemson's been in a bowl game, they've won four of them straight up, covered the spread all five times. And in fact, go inside the numbers. This comes from the bowl stat report as well. The underdog in Clemson bowl games is 12 and one against the spread the last 13 times Clemson's been bowling. The Ohio State Buckeyes, led by Urban Meyer, that in itself is a factor that has to make yourself stop and ask, do I want to step in front of the Buckeyes and Urban Meyer, given the fact that he's 61-6 and six straight up in his career against non-conference opponents, 44-15-1 to the spread in those games. And in fact, in non-conference games, when Meyer has had an extra benefit of rest to prepare for the game, he's 14-2 and two straight up and against the spread. Big numbers for the Buckeyes and Urban Meyer coming into this contest here. This is a Fiesta Bowl matchup albeit a college football playoff game being played at the Fiesta Bowl. From the Bowl Stat Report, we note that the favorite in Fiesta Bowl games has covered the spread only three of the last ten football matchups. Big Ten Bowl favorites taking on ACC opponents in bowl games have struggled. They're just two and six straight up as favorites, 0-7-1 against the spread. I'm going to grab the points with the Clemson Tigers in this football game for two main reasons. Number one is the experience factor here with Deshaun Watson. They were there last year, lost in the title game. They're back again this year, a very experienced football team. And number two, Dabble Swinney, the head coach, is outstanding in his career against good quality teams. The bigger they are, the harder they fall when you take on Dabble Swinney. He's 12-2 and two to the spread as a dog against greater than 750 opponents, including a perfect 5-0 to the spread in bowl games as a dog in that particular role. I'll grab up the points with Clemson in this football game from my side as Victor goes under the total as well in the Peach Bowl matchup between Clemson and Ohio State. Don't go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our NFL game of the week. We've got a dandy in an NFC matchup. We'll also hop out to Las Vegas and check with our good friend Andy Isco to find out what's going on in Vegas this final week of the NFL season. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game. Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at FireFan.com. Use the promo code PlaybookKing. It's fun, it's social, it's competitive, it's interactive, it's free, and it's going to change the way you approach game day at FireFan.com. Play by yourself, form a league, do live chats, and get in the game today at FireFan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code PlaybookKing. That code again is PlaybookKing. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code PlaybookKing. Now at FireFan.com. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Time to get it on. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. Time to get it on. 
What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread in this week's College and Pro Football Cards. It's time for our NFL Game of the Week. We're hopping over the NFC Conference, where there are two teams that remain alive in the wild card playoff chase. We're going to tear down one of those teams in one of those games when the New York Giants take on the Washington Redskins in a key NFC East Division matchup. Victor, your take, how do you see the Giants and the Redskins shaking down this Sunday? A very, very interesting game. Give me 30 seconds to touch on a subject that I wanted to hit during our NFL segment, Mark. And it's usually at this time of the year when you take a look at the top six, seven, eight defenses in the NFL, you're thinking, yeah, most of those defenses will be playoff bound. But this is one of the more surprising things I'm seeing about the 2016 NFL season. Of the top seven ranked defenses in the NFL, Only two of them are in the playoffs. That's amazing. Number one, Houston Texans, currently allowing 305 yards per game and basically in the playoffs. Number seven, Seattle Seahawks. But take a a listen to the list of teams who are ranked two through six, none of which made the playoffs. Minnesota Vikings, Arizona Cardinals, Jacksonville Jaguars. I know Gus Bradley gets a lot of grief. But Jacksonville is the number four defense in the NFL. Also, Baltimore Ravens and, of course, Denver Broncos. And one more surprising thing that I was, of course, talking to Mark Jr. about yesterday was the fact that, you know, last year, the four teams in the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship, three out of those four teams did not even make the playoffs. Denver Broncos, Carolina Panthers, Arizona Cardinals, Yes, things do change in the NFL, Mark. But shocking in terms of those defensive numbers and how a lot of those defensive teams are not going to be in the postseason thus far. But let's get into this great giant redskin game. And we basically have two very strong over-slash-under teams taking each other on in this particular game. Over-under line right around 44 points. The Giants, we've talked about them numerous times this season, Mark. One of the best turnarounds in terms of over-under numbers and team defense over a one-year period. They were the NFL's best over-team last year at 11-5. and This year, they're the best under-team. Amazing. Yeah, they spent a lot of money on defense. It has paid off big time for the Giants. They're 4-11 and over-under on the season. The average Giant game has seen only 377 combined points per game and on the road where this game is being played they've gone one and six over under on the season with an average of only 37.2 points per game just looking at those numbers alone you would definitely think under but hold on a minute let's take a look at the washington redskins one of the best over teams in the league this season 12 and three over under for the washington redskins the average washington game has seen an average of 50.0 points per game not only that, but they've gone over the total in six out of their seven home games, six and one over under at home, 50.7 points per game. So here you go. You got this great under team with a great defense 
Great over team with a great offense, suspect defense in Washington. Let's take a look at the series history. The last 10 meetings have gone three and seven over under. Average line 46.6, average score 42.2. Uh, here's an interesting little twist in regards to this game. In each of the last three seasons, Mark, the first meeting between these two teams went over. The second meeting went under. That was the case again this season. They played each other the first game back in late September. The score was Washington 29-27. to The game went over the total. Like many of these division matchups, I think I talked about this in the last two weeks, when you see a uh, second game between the two teams from the same division and the first game went over the total, the second game very, very likely to go under the total. That is the way I'm going to lean in this game. At this point, we don't know who's going to be playing for the Giants. They're already in. If I'm New York, yes, I do start manning a quarterback. That tremendous consecutive game quarterback streak that he's currently on, what is it now, 199 starts in a row? So you start manning. You play maybe for the first quarter with some of the Giants starters. You then remove your team. And uh, one more thing in regards to this game. In addition to our lean on the under, Mark, is the fact that Hey, if you're still alive in a survivor pool in the NFL, Washington, one of the better plays this week. They're playing with a full deck. We know the Giants won't be playing with a full deck. That's why the line is so high in this game. So if you're still alive in survivor, this is who I'm playing this week in, as my survivor team. Victor King leans under the total in the New York Giant Washington Redskin key NFC East showdown battle on Sunday. And as you mentioned, Washington, for them, it's all hands on deck for the Redskins here. They need to win or they're home for the playoffs. Completely meaningless game for the New York Giants, so they'll probably approach this game more like a preseason football game. And as Victor says, likely to see Eli Manning start the game. The question is, how long will he play in the football contest here? You talk about looking at the game on the surface here. You're talking about a 10-win team in the New York Giants who are an eight-point dog to a team that they were favored three and a half points against the first time they played. Now, obviously, this line has been shifted around all because of Washington's need and the fact that it is a meaningless game to the New York Giants. The Giants have won six years in a row in their final road game of the season when coming off a division game. They've also, under Ben McAdoo, the head coach, who gets little to no respect, as the New York Giants do, they're 4-2 and two straight up, 4-1-1 to the spread against 570 or better opponents this season under McAdoo. Take a look at the Washington Redskins. They come into this football game. They win this football game. They're likely in the playoffs, but that's not a certainty because if for any reason, any reason that the Detroit Green Bay Packer game ends up in a tie, and we've seen two of them thus far this football season here, that will foil the Washington Redskins because then Washington, Detroit, and Green Bay will all finish at 9-6-1, identical records, and it would be Washington the odd man out. So they have to win this football game and hope that the Green Bay-Detroit game does not finish up in a tie. Washington has struggled in the series against the Giants. They've only won two of the last seven games straight up and against the spread, and Kirk Cousins, the quarterback, has struggled against winning teams in the NFL in his career. He's just 5-9 and nine straight up in his 14 starts against winning football teams. The bottom line to me is this game is just loaded with value. A combination of value because of the line being packed and the lack of respect angle here, both for the New York Giants, which they've received all season long, and Ben McAdoo, who, by the way, 
in our playbook.com poll coach this week of the five coaches we nominated for coach of the year. He's the one of the five coaches, the only one that didn't even receive a vote. That's a total lack of respect for Ben McAdoo, the New York Giants. And that's the mantra in which they play under that Rodney Dangerfield lack of respect angle. With that, I'm going to grab up the points with the Giants for my side in the big showdown game between the Redskins and the New York Giants this Sunday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show, our final show for the 2016 football season. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas for one final time and visit with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas to get the Vegas vibe and find out what's going on in Vegas this hectic final week of the NFL football season. Andy, how were your holidays this past week? Well, Mark, it was a very entertaining holiday week. I was especially uh, enjoying all the bowl actions. The underdogs have been barking all bowl season. We'll see what happens in week 17 of the NFL, which for me is the greatest handicapping challenge of the season because of all the factors that are at play that carry uncertainties with them. Boy, to say the least, Andy, Victor and I just tore down our NFL game of the week. We talked about the Giants and the Redskins and what appears to be a game loaded with value to the New York Giants, at least from... Uh, from a power rating perspective, and likely, you know, the New York Giants approach this game like a preseason game, uh, getting ready for the playoffs, all hands in for the Washington Redskins, and that and other games where the lines have been impacted as well. And uh, I'm sure, uh, but we may have, let's just do that right now to start with before we go to the uh, to the Superbook contest here, talking about those line moves of what they were. We know we saw what Jay Cornergay sent over last week for the Week 17 lines or projected lines uh, any moves that you saw that were noteworthy other than or we can also talk about obviously the Redskins Giants games that the games that have jumped because of the playoff position in the situation yeah a, a couple of thoughts here and actually I'm somewhat surprised that they did put up week 17 lines in advance because of the uncertainties but at the same time the players the betters are as much in the dark and uncertain as are the bookmakers so if people have an opinion and want to take a shot on what's going to happen before the games of week 16 are played let them go ahead I wouldn't necessarily call these line moves for week 17 as much as they are line adjustments of course they take these lines down when this week's games in this case week 16's games were were being played, and then they come back up and uh, reflect adjustments. Now, a couple of them that, uh, for example, meet that criterion, uh, the Giants at the Redskins. Last week, before the Giants had clinched, and while Washington was very much alive, the line opened up with Washington a one-point home favorite. Now, that game came down, and when the Giants clinched because of other teams losing on Sunday, and Washington putting themselves in position to control their own destiny with a straight-up win over the Giants, provided that Green Bay and Detroit don't end in a tie Sunday night, this line came back up with the Washington Redskins an eight-point home favorite. Now, the Green Bay Packers, prior to last week's game, knowing that pretty much Week 17 was going to decide their fate, Green Bay was a one-point road favorite at Detroit be before last weekend's actions. The thought being that if it all came down to... Uh, working out the way that it was expected to, Green Bay, the better team, and Green Bay, the public team, was going to draw the action. And sure enough, that was the case. When this game came back up after this weekend's uh, activities, Green Bay, a three-point road favorite, bet up to a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. The Indianapolis Colts, 
they were still alive heading into last weekend, but the uh, results of their loss in Oakland combined with Tennessee's uh, win over Cincinnati, uh, that uh, eliminated the Indianapolis, uh, excuse me, Houston's win over Cincinnati. That eliminated the Colts, who last week were projected to be seven-and-a-half-point home favorites because they were expected to be playing with need. Well, that line came up. Indianapolis came in as a six-point favorite, so immediately that adjusted below the key number of seven. That's been bet down to the Colts right now in what is, in effect, a meaningless game, uh, at least as far as the playoffs are concerned, a four-and-a-half-point home favorite. Dallas at Philadelphia is another one. Last week, it was thought that Dallas would be uh, resting a lot of regulars. They didn't in week 16, even though they had things clinched. Philadelphia last week was expected to be a one-point uh, home favorite. Well, they thought maybe that Dallas is going to rest everybody in week 17 because when this line came up, Philadelphia was a six and a half point home favorite. That's been bet down to Philadelphia as a four point home favorite with the expectation, at least on the public uh, pronouncements, that Dallas would not be resting regulars or if they did, that Tony Romo would not be the backup for Jack Prescott, but rather Mark Sanchez is likely to be. So those are the more significant line movements of games that uh, involved uh, some teams whose status was uncertain heading into Week 16. Any one game in particular I'm going to go to that uh, maybe we didn't hit on that uh, might be noteworthy would be the Pittsburgh Steelers and the fact that uh, they've made an announcement that they're going to bench Roethlisberger and Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown not playing. And I see in the sheet they were 16.5-point favorites. What are you seeing in Vegas right now for their line against the Cleveland Browns? Okay, I did overlook that one, and in fact, I'll tie that one in with the Baltimore-Cincinnati game because those two were pretty much related. The thought being that Baltimore had a realistic chance to go into Pittsburgh, knock off the Steelers, and basically put the division up for uh, determination based on the results in Week 17 with Pittsburgh hosting Cleveland and Baltimore at Cincinnati. Now, of course, Cleveland was winless and was thought to be winless heading into Week 17 because they were home underdogs to San Diego. So you're right. Pittsburgh was a 16.5-point home favorite, or at least project well they were 16 and a half you could actually bet the either side on that one and by the same token baltimore was in a half, one and a half point road favorite at cincinnati well the results of the weekend with pittsburgh eliminating baltimore and wrapping up the afc south uh, excuse me the afc north and uh, cleveland getting its first win uh, that line came out uh, sunday evening uh, Monday morning with Pittsburgh, a 10-point home favorite. So an adjustment of six and a half points because no more need for Pittsburgh and Cleveland with a little bit of momentum. And then Pittsburgh came out and announced that they were going to uh, sit a number of their starters. So that line has gone down to Pittsburgh now, a six-point home favorite. So basically a 10-and-a-half-point adjustment with a period of about four or five days. At the same time, Baltimore, which was expected to be, which was a one-and-a-half-point road favorite after they've been eliminated. Cincinnati, a two-and-a-half-point home favorite against Baltimore in this game that now won't do anything other than perhaps decide some incentive clauses for players. Uh, Significant adjustment there because both teams eliminated from the playoffs. That's the review of the major adjustments that have happened in the lines from last week to this week because of the 17th week, the final week of the NFL football season. Compliments of Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And Andy, this is also the final week of the Westgate Superbook Contest. So there's a lot of money online for a lot of contestants here. And I know it's probably that when I talked with you last week, it was jumping up, it was getting kind of packed up near the top. What are we looking at right now as far as the standings go for the final week of the Superbook Contest? 
Well, the uh, leader currently is 51-26-3. That's 52.5 out of a possible 80 points. That translates into a little bit over 65.6% winners, considerably down from where the uh, leaders were last several years at this point in the contest. And in fact, uh, right now, if you have 48 points or more, you are in the money, as 48 points currently occupies the final spots for uh, paying the top 50 places and ties. And that has remained pretty solid over the last several weeks. Exactly 60% would get you into the money heading into week uh, 17. As far as the leaderboard goes, I mentioned the leaders at 50, 52 and a half. That's a one and a half game lead, one and a half point lead over the two contestants who are tied at 51. There are nine contestants at 50 and a half one contestant at 50, and there are eight contestants at 49 and a half. So basically, we're looking at uh, 21 contestants within two and a half points of the lead heading into the final weekend of the season, actually the final day of the season, as all games in Week 17 are going to be played on Sunday, January 1st. And I would imagine that the winner of the contest, barring some very unusual results and some very unusual selecting, will come out of that group of 21 handicappers. It sounds like down the stretch they come there. Packed, if you will, jam-packed for the final week of the Westgate Superbook Contest here. All compliments of Andy Esco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. You can check out Andy's weekly newsletters throughout the football basketball seasons. Download a copy, log on at TheLogicalApproach.com or at the PlaybookSuperstore.com website as well. And with that, Andy, I know our colleague Victor King has a question he wants to ask for you here on the final edition show of Mark Lawrence against the spread. Yes, Andy, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yep. No, no. Before we get to Victor, I did want to mention the performance of the consensus, which struggled mightily early in the season. And the consensus has done extremely well over the last five or six weeks. In fact, at uh, after week 10, the consensus was at 15.33 and two, barely 32 percent. Well, since then, the consensus has gone 21.7 and two. Hmm which is 75% ignoring the pushes last week, four and one. So out of the last five weeks, there have been four, excuse me, out of the last uh, six weeks, five have been winning weeks. And the worst week in this period was a two, two and one week. So the consensus has done extremely well over, let's say the last third of the season. Sports books have felt the effect of that as the books have had a number of losing weekends this past weekend, not all that bad the way the results fell, but the consensus, uh, has a chance, actually, to get above 500 if they can go 5-0 and this week. Wow, that's a, quite a move by the consensus. And we knew that after being 15-33-2, there would be a move, an upward move. We just didn't know when it would start occurring, but it did after that 15-33-2 start. Now on a 21-7-2 roll is the consensus in the Westgate Superbook Contest. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor now with his question he wants to run by you. Right. In fact, Andy, great timing. That does tie into my question, which would be, the results for the books over the weekend, particularly in pro football, I would probably submit a, a pretty good week in regards to vengeance for the sports books. On paper, NFL underdogs went 7-9 and nine ATS. But if you take a look at who those dogs were, not only did they cover, but in some cases they won outright and probably destroyed a lot of the uh, exotic players, the uh, uh the money line parlays, the teasers, the things like that. Like you got the Cleveland Browns who were 0 and 14 and were 2 and 12 ATS, winning outright against San Diego. The other half of the ugly two would be the 49ers who were 1 and 13 straight up, 2 11 and 1 ATS, winning outright on the road against the Rams. 
A team like the Arizona Cardinals, who were 4-10 and 10 ATS, not only covering the spread, but destroying a lot of Seattle Seahawks teaser money in the process, winning outright on the road against Seattle. Uh, the Bengals, who were a team that were 4-9-1 and 1 ATS, covering the spread against Houston on the uh, Christmas Eve game. And even the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were 5-8-1 and 1 ATS, winning outright at home. Andy, was it the big revenge weekend in pro football that the books needed? Well, I don't know if it was huge, but it was certainly significant enough for them to not be uh, groaning and moaning on, uh, I guess, this case, Sunday and Monday morning, because they did get some of those wins back. And to your point, Victor, the point spread actually came into play in possibly only one game, depending upon where you played that Cincinnati-Houston game, because Houston, for much of the week, was favored anywhere, so actually from a pick to a one to a two, and there was late move on a Saturday afternoon that actually had the Houston game close at three, and then, of course, we had a blocked extra point by by Houston and the missed field goal by Cincinnati, or they might have gone into overtime. Uh, so uh, that that actually, based on the closing numbers, counted as a point spread win for Cincinnati. The only other game in which there was a clear uh, case of the favorite winning but not covering was in the Sunday night game between Pittsburgh and Baltimore, uh, where Pittsburgh won by four and they were laying five and a half or six. Otherwise, the underdogs who had that great weekend that you pointed out won straight up without needing the points. And then, of course, it was also a very unusual week as far as totals go this late into the season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 12 overs, three unders, and one potential push depending upon where you had played the Atlanta-Carolina game. There was a big move down in that one. In fact, it opened at 53. It was 51 and a half at the Westgate when the uh, lines closed on Friday night by kickoff time on Saturday that line had gone down to 49 and of course the final score 33-16 landed right on 49 but a lot of the sharp players at this time of the year and we saw it in some of the moves play the unders in the cold weather site but it was a field day for over betters in week 16. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy along with Victor King both in the running for the Wise Guys contest this year. Both are in excellent positions to win this contest. You want to check out their selections, pick up a copy of the Playbook Football Newsletter this week, find out what the plays of Andy Esco, Victor King are in this year's Wise Guys contest. And with that, Andy, the final show on tap here for this 2016 football season here. You've had a great run with your complimentary selections. You've cashed four of your last five coming in here, the big win with San Francisco last week. As we bid adieu on the show, I know our listeners would love to know what you like on tap this week in the NFL. Well, I'll be glad to mention that in just a moment, Mark. I want to thank you for uh, allowing me the opportunity to share all this information with the uh, listeners throughout the course of uh, the uh, regular NFL season. I'm sure you and Victor may have discussed, at least I think you may have, uh, the tremendous results that underdogs have had thus far in the bowl season. Through the first 20 bowls heading into the Pinstripe Bowl, underdogs 15-5 and five ATS with eight outright uh, wins. And there have been a number of people who take an approach to the bowl season, and so far it's worked this year. What they do is they make a money line play on every underdog, whether it's a three-point dog or a 15-point underdog, and those folks are having a very good bowl season thus far. It'll be interesting to see how this continues, or if it continues, when we start getting into the meat of the bowl season, when the major conference and the top teams in the country start getting into action. But as far as the complimentary play for this week, I'm going to go to the final game on the board. Not the final game to be played, because that'll be Detroit on uh, Sunday night hosting Green Bay, but I'm going to go to the game between Oakland and Denver. Of course, Denver 
defending Super Bowl champions coming off of a very disappointing season, officially knocked out of the playoffs last week with their one-sided loss at Kansas City where they allowed a number of big plays. Yet interestingly enough, the Denver Broncos still lead the NFL in defensive yards per play, allowing about 4.7 yards per play. This is a prideful defense, and pride generally carries over when defenses are involved. They're going up against an Oakland Raider team that if they win, uh, they have a chance to secure the uh, number one seed, and the uh, well, the number two seed, uh, unless uh, uh, New England is upset in Miami. Uh, at the same time, uh, Denver is looking to end its season at least with uh, uh, a winning record. A loss would drop them to eight and eight after starting four and zero this season. And of course, the key injury surrounding this game is the absence of Derek Carr, injured in the uh, win over Indianapolis last week, and that indicates or that means that Mike uh, Matt McLoin uh, will be starting for the Oakland Raiders. He's relatively lightly test, uh, tested, and I would expect the Denver Broncos are going to throw a lot of schemes at him and try and end their season on a high note. Uh, I'm not so sure that Oakland is going to be able to get that win. I still think Oakland is going to be a factor in the playoffs. Obviously, more of a factor with Carr in there, but I think there's still enough talent on this team, and Jack Del Rio has done an excellent job in managing that personnel. But I'm going to look for Denver, roughly about a 1, 1.5, some places a two-point favorite to end their season on a high note, potentially uh, decide the AFC uh, West if Kansas City can win at San Diego. Of course, if they both lose, Oakland will still win the division. But I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos laying under a field goal to end their season with an upset. Well, it wouldn't be from a point spread point of view, but a win over the uh, uh, Oakland Raiders. Andy Isco likes the Denver Broncos to conclude the season with a winning record as they take down Oakland on Sunday for his complimentary selection on the show this week. One last thing, since I didn't mention the leader in the contest, and there's no connection between my selection and the leader, but we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Orange Crush, still in front. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's an ironic connection there. Orange Crush leading the Westgate Superbook Contest. Andy Isco concludes the football season with a play on the Orange Crush against Oakland for his complimentary play on the show this week. Great job once again this year, Andy, on the show. We've really enjoyed working with you as we did last football season here. We're going to look forward to doing more of the same next year. And I might just give you a call. We might just put together a... Uh, NCAA March Madness podcast show or two. And if we do that, I'll reach out to you first and foremost to find out if you'd be interested in hopping aboard when we do that as well. I certainly will. I'll look forward to it. In fact, college basketball is starting to take over the limelight now and a lot of uh, exciting uh, games coming up in conference play. Again, I want to thank both you and Victor for uh, the time we spent uh, with the uh, NFL podcast this year. And of course, I look forward to seeing uh, uh, both of you hopefully out in uh, Las Vegas here in August uh, for the Super Contest weekend. So I want to wish you, your families, all of our listeners, the happiest, healthiest and most prosperous of New Year's. And right back to you, Andy, as well. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, wishing him the best of luck throughout the rest of the football season and in the 2017 year ahead. Don't you go away when Dick and I come back. We're going to put the final wraps on the final show of Mark Lawrence against the spread for this 2016 season. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week and our complimentary plays when we're back with more for the final segment here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. 
Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. There's a storm coming, a firestorm. Get ready to raise your game because watching sports will never be the same. Introducing FireFan, it's a game changer. Finally, a sports app that puts you into the game. You predict the scores, you call the plays all in real time while you watch and compete against celebrities, friends, family, and other diehard sports fans. The more you call it, the more points you can achieve. Be a loyal fan and earn loyalty rewards. Don't miss the hottest sports app of the year. FireFan, ignite your passion. Download your FireFan app today at FireFan.com. Enter player rewards code, free FireFan. That's player rewards code, free FireFan. Play the game, fan the fire, earn rewards. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. And it has been the hot Florida sun here this winter. We've had a spectacular winter here, setting records down in South Florida. But it's time for our awesome angle of the week. And this is the final edition of Mark Lawrence against the spread for this 2016 football season. In the National Football League, we call it back to level. And what we're looking to do is to play against any NFL division favorite in game 16 of the season, who is 8-7 on the year if they're facing an 8-7 or worse opponent. We look for these football teams that are 8-7 to get back to even or level. As we play against them, we've gone 21-6 by playing against these teams. That's a 78% play against angle. This week, we'll play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As you look for Tampa to finish the season up 8-8 as they get back to level with our awesome angle play on the show this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports. Just a quick note here to our listeners out there that if you haven't done so yet, be sure to download your Fire Fan Free app. It's an amazing interactive sports game that Victor and I are both full uh, full all in, I should say, full pledged on this uh, this app. We've been playing the game, having a great time doing just that. You can get your free Fire Fan app. Play the games interactively, the NFL season, the NBA, Major League Baseball to come. All you need to do is to go to firefan.com and enter the promo code PLAYBOOKKING, K-I-N-G, or free FireFan. PLAYBOOKKING or free FireFan at firefan.com. Get your app downloaded free and play the games with Victor and I at firefan.com. And with that, Victor, I'm going to ask you for your complimentary play on the card. And if you would, let our listeners know what you've got on tap at King Creole Sports this week. Mark, FireFan's been a great, great app. We've been playing it for the Sunday night games, the Monday night games. What I'm really looking forward to is once we get into January in the NFL playoffs, when that one playoff game is the only thing in town, and that's where the game is going to really take off during the NFL playoffs. I really look forward to that. We've got to talk about our newsletters here. Of course, a very busy time of the season uh, we got pro basketball, we got college basketball, crossing over with the college bowls and the NFL regular season and the NFL playoffs. 
We got our last official playbook football newsletter of the season. We transition into basketball beginning late next week. You want to grab a copy of this week's double issue, issue number 2021. Let's not forget the midweek alert coming out on Thursday. We got the bowl stat report. We talked about it at the top of the show. If you haven't downloaded your copy or ordered your copy yet, we do have to point out the fact that in Mark's predicted margins, he's gone 17 and three in the first 20 bowl games. And let's not uh, forget about baby brother, the totals tip sheet. We're 29 and 19 on the season. That's 60% with totals tip sheet best bets. It's our last official issue of the season. Of course, I kind of go through some emotions during this time of the season, some negative, some positive, the negative being, well, you know, what happens after a successful season? There's always some uncertainty. I felt the same way after the Cavs won the NBA playoffs or after a successful uh, baseball playoffs as well. But there's also some emotions of pride. And, of course, as I mentioned last week, all of our newsletters are projects of passion and even a little bit of relief, too. This is really not something that we could do 52 weeks a year. So uh, I love doing the totals tip sheet, but I also kind of like the fact that there's a little bit of relief in that, uh, hey, we can take a little bit of a breather here after the NFL regular season in terms of our newsletter, in terms of our handicapping Hey, we're just starting because we got more bowl games and we got NFL playoffs as well. Now, Mark, we got a big one going in the college bowls this week as long as we're getting into our promos. And for King Creole, our service, we're already halfway there in terms of our football games of the year. We had a 10-star college football game of the year winner on over the total Notre Dame versus USC. We had a 10-star NFL game of the year winner on over the total Atlanta Falcons versus San Francisco 49ers. So we're halfway there. We're going to stretch that double into a triple, and we're going to try and touch them all time. Our college football bowl game of the year is a game in which we're going over the total, and all I can tell you is that game will be going either on December 31st, New Year's Eve, or the day after New Year's, January the 2nd. Either way, that bowl game of the year, which is an over-under selection, which is an over, will be posted on the playbook.com website by Thursday. Now, in terms of our free play, we're going to the NFL. And, Mark, we're, uh, we're going to stick right down here in, as you mentioned, beautiful South Florida for the holidays. And we're going under the total in the Patriots-Dolphins game. And... I'm well aware that the Dolphins have gone six and one to the over in their home games this season, but doing it at least kind of cancels that out with their road record of one and six over under on the season. And what really triggers the under for me in this game is the fact that the Patriots are laying nine and a half to 10 points by now. Sharp tolls players know that the higher the road favorite line is the better the chance of a game going under the total in the last two seasons, NFL games in which the road team is centered by nine or more points have gone a perfect O and 12 over under when the over under line is greater than 37 points. Cause that, so that does apply to the New England Miami game. And uh, if you keep it on the down low, that also applies to the Seattle San Francisco game as Seattle's favored by nine and a half to 10 on the road as well. So there's a second little holiday under that we're going to be using this week as well but anyway patriots dolphins under now 
this is a division in which unders occur at a pretty high percentage when the road team is kind of chalky in the last three years. AFC East division road favorites of a field goal or more have gone one and eight over under against any fellow division opponents. Not only that, but these are actually two of the more hotter teams in the NFL right now. New England four and zero straight up ATS last four. Miami three and zero straight up in ATS last three. Here you go, zero and seven over under since nineteen ninety nine. All AFC conference games. When both teams are off three or more straight up and ATS wins in a row. Uh, in terms of uh, we don't know who's going to be playing in this game, we're pretty sure that uh, both teams will come out with their starters. But how long will they play? That is the question. And one more did you know out there, I mentioned earlier in the show about surprising defensive teams who are not in the playoffs. Well, New England is not one of them. But did you know that the number one scoring defense in the entire league it's actually the New England Patriots. They're allowing only 15.7 points per game on the year and have allowed only three points in each of their last two games. So, Mark, we're going under. Patriots, Dolphins, under. Seahawks, 49ers, under. Keep that under your hat as well. And don't forget, we got the big one in college, uh, the college bowls. That'll be up at the playbook.com website on Thursday. Victor King goes under in the New England-Miami game for his final complimentary play on the football card this week with a whisper also on that San Francisco game to stay under the total as well. And be sure to join Victor for that big 10-star College Bowl over play of the year released at the playbook.com website this Thursday. Pick it up online. Victor's big 10-star College Bowl over play of the year. Before I get to my final complimentary play on the show for this 2016 football season, I want to remind our listeners out there that our good friends at mybookie.ag are offering up to a $3,000 sign-up bonus. To take advantage of this $3,000 sign-up bonus offer, all you need to do is to log on at mybookie.ag, enter the promo code PLAYBOOK, or give them a call toll-free. The number is 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387 to sign up for up to a $3,000 sign-up bonus just in time for the holidays from our friends at mybookie.ag. And one quick announcement here. I also want to run by you. My 10-star College Bowl Game of the Year is being released this Friday. It's part of a $99 College Bowl Bonanza package, including every College Bowl release I make through the January 2nd New Year's Day Bowl games, including the 10-star Bowl Game of the Year. You can sign up now online at playbook.com or call my office toll-free for the 10-star College Bowl Bonanza special at 1-800-321-7777. Now, my final complimentary play on the football card this week. We're going to use a bowl game inside the Music City Bowl matchup when Nebraska takes on Tennessee. We're going to play the value and the points with the Nebraska Cornhuskers in this football game. Quarterback Tommy Armstrong is out for Nebraska, and because of that, this line is shot from 3.5 to 6.5 points. The Huskers a 6.5-point dog as we do the show on this Wednesday on Mark Lawrence against the spread. This is primarily a fade against Tennessee more than anything else. Tennessee Volunteers or a football team that had much higher aspirations this football season here. They were picked to win the SEC East Division and were a disappointingly uh, 
favorite football team this year. They've been like Kathy Bates from that movie Misery. They've been torturous keeping company playing with the Tennessee Volunteers this football season here. This team, when you expect them to win, they lose. When you expect them to lose, they win. Just a, 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 a really schizophrenic football team is Tennessee here. They crushed Northwestern last year in the Outback Bowl 45-6, to but now are settling for the Music City Bowl this year. And remember this that this Tennessee football team allowed season-high yards in each of their last three football games to conclude the season. That was 635 yards against Kentucky, 743 yards against Missouri, and 608 yards against Vanderbilt. I see no discipline whatsoever from this football team, no focus at all. I'll play Nebraska plus the points for the value in this contest as I see them winning the whole game in straight-up fashion for my final complimentary play on the show this year. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence against the spread for the 2016 football season. We've thoroughly enjoyed being with you all throughout the football season. Hopefully we can get an NCAA March Madness show in order. If we do, we'll send announcements. You can check out the playbook.com website for an announcement on that. But until next football season, for our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, who did another fantastic job on the show once again this year, our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas and our good friend Jack Reynolds, we know is always listening from above. Until next year, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.